everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Weekly Wealth Podcast. We're going to be trying something new over the next several weeks and several months. If you've listened to many of our first 125 or so episodes, you've noticed that most of our episodes include me interviewing an expert. Now, we're not going to get totally away from that because I love interviewing experts and I know that they bring a lot of value to the show, but I do want to do some solo episodes where it'll be just me talking in five or six or seven minute tidbits about some things that I've been learning from my clients, from my education and other parts of my practice. I really think that you'll enjoy it, and I hope that you like hearing about several different topics each week, but definitely let me know what your feedback is by sending me an email, david at parallelfinancial.com. All right, here we go with our episode. This is the Weekly Wealth Podcast with certified financial planner, David Chudik, where we discuss the wealth building mindsets and tactics that can help you to build and maintain wealth for you, your family, and your business. Okay, so our first topic, we're going to be talking insurance and the insurance industry in general. Now, if you've listened to the podcast, you know that I like to talk about all parts of your financial life, and insurance certainly is a huge part. Now, it's not the sexiest part of your financial plan, but it may arguably be one of the most important, because remember, at its core, all insurance does is protect your money. So think about this. If you caused me to have a loss, maybe you're driving your car and you hit me, who would you rather pay for my damages if they're if they're very significant? Would you rather yourself and your assets or brokerage accounts pay for my damages? Or would you rather have your insurance company pay for my damages? So lots of people say that insurance is a ripoff and a racket, but nobody ever complains when insurance companies deliver checks to humans. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the insurance industry. So I'm going to talk generically, but as a whole, your insurance rates for just about any type of insurance policy that you may have, they are going to go up. And there are a few different reasons. So the first one is the I word that we hear so much about in the economy right now, and that's inflation. So the cost of everything is increasing. Now, we can debate why this is happening or what we can do to slow it down. But the bottom line is, is that it's true. And if you look at insurance companies, they have all of the typical expenses that all other companies have. So insurance companies like Nationwide, State Farm, Allstate, Liberty Mutual, all of these companies, they have operating expenses. They have to pay salaries. They have to pay electric bills. They have to pay all of those expenses that a typical business has. But insurance companies have another expense or potential expense, and that is the potential for claims. So insurance companies, the trend is that both severity and frequency of claims are increasing. So when you look at uh, fires in, in, in California, you look at tornadoes in the Midwest, and then you also look at how often car accidents are happening as uh, when you drive down the road, look at the person driving next to you and there's literally probably a 50-50 chance that they're not looking at the road, they are looking at their phone. So texting and driving is causing all of our insurance rates to increase. The other thing that is causing insurance rates to increase is the prevalence of lawsuits and litigation. So when you see attorneys on TV saying how big of a settlement they got for their clients, don't forget that when insurance companies are having to fight uh, with attorneys, that raises costs for everybody and insurance is simply the spreading of risk. 
So be prepared when you are looking at any type of insurance for the coverages to increase. It's just the state of the industry. I don't like it, but it's going to happen. Now, a couple things you can do to mitigate your insurance expenses. Number one, work with a good local independent agent. Uh, independent insurance agents have access to many different companies, and they can shop your policy with different companies and hopefully uh, either lessen the blow or even save you money. Although I would uh, not get too excited about the possibility of saving money because it just may not happen. The other thing that you can do is understand your policies and where you can retain more risk. So sometimes by having higher deductibles or choosing not to carry optional coverages, that can save you enough money for it to be worthwhile. But again, these can get complicated and I would really like for you to work with a very competent local independent insurance agency. So insurance rates are going to go up. There are some companies that are major, major companies that have even stopped writing insurance. So we don't have to like it, but it is the reality right now. So get ready for your insurance rates to increase and make sure that you have a good local insurance agent that can help you to find some options to either decrease the increases or totally eliminate the increases, at least for the time being. So that's topic number one, the state of the insurance industry, the property and casualty insurance industry. Many of the top companies lost billions with a B uh, in dollars last year. And just like your own personal budget, you can only afford to spend more than you're taking in for just a little while. And then the math equation of business just takes over and insurance companies need to remain viable so that they can pay claims when they have that obligation. So they have to either raise rates or limit the amounts of insurance that they're writing. Topic number two today is I want to talk about two different assets that just about everybody has one of these two, if not both of them, that are not managed correctly that could cost you in the long term. So the first one is your 401k, and I'm speaking about your 401k while you're still working for your employer. So let's recap what 401k plans are and how they work. So a 401k plan is a plan that allows you to defer some of your of your paycheck uh, to your retirement plan. And many times your employer has to match some of your contribution. So let's say your paycheck is $100 and you have a 3% deferral. So you're putting in $3, your employer is matching $3. So now you have $6 that's being invested within what they call the sub accounts of your plan. So when you sign up for your plan, you typically are picking investment options. So maybe you took a, uh, a growth fund or a bond fund or, or chose some different types of funds that you felt were appropriate for you at that time. Now, if you're like most people, you do that once and you pretty much never look at it again. So maybe you started your job when you were 25 years old and you had some fairly aggressive growth type funds because you knew that you could afford some volatility in your in your performance and you're okay with that. But then you get into your 40s, 50s and 60s and maybe those funds are no longer appropriate for you. Maybe also there are some periods where you could take advantage of some different sectors of, of the investment markets that are that are doing well or have potential to do well. But like I said, you're probably not looking at your investment options within your 401k very often. So our firm, we have the ability uh, through a platform to manage our clients' 401k plans while they still work for the company. 
Now, it's a pretty cool system. We get access uh, to the 401k and we make investment allocations based on our clients' risk tolerance, uh, on their time horizon, on some of their other preferences, and also we can uh, determine which of the funds offered within the portfolio have the lowest fees, if that's appropriate. So if this interests you, and if you'd like uh, to have me take a look at your 401k plan while you are still working for your employer, send me an email, david at parallelfinancial.com. I can explain in more details how it works, but Many people have hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions, in their 401k plans, and they're not being managed or looked at. So this might be a place where you want some professional guidance. The other asset that many of our listeners are not managing properly or at all is the value of their business. So many business owners feel like they can sell their business at a point and, and the proceeds would fund their, their lifestyle or their retirement. And yes, this is true or it can be true, but there are a few considerations for you to think about. So number one, what you think your business is worth is maybe not exactly what it is worth. And then number two, are you doing what it uh, takes to maximize what your business could be worth? So there are eight drivers of business value. We won't go into all of them today, but these are items that if you nail them down and if you get them to where they are optimized, more than likely you can sell your business for a higher multiple when you're ready, or really you can just have a, a more profitable life today because a sellable business is a profitable business. So make sure that your business, which may be your biggest asset, is being managed. A great question to ask yourself and really look in the mirror and be honest is, would you buy your business from you? Uh, would you pay a premium or would you pay a discount price for your business? So if your business is a train wreck and you're constantly putting out fires and it's not as profitable as it should be and you as the owner are involved with, with a lot of the operations of the business and most of your customers do not have recurring revenue, uh, maybe your business is a train wreck and maybe it would only be purchased at a discounted rate. But now if you have a very smoothly running business and you have a lot of your revenue is recurring, uh, your revenue streams are diversified, so you're not, you're not overly relying on any one or two or three clients or sectors. If you're, as the owner, if you're able to take vacations and, and not be handcuffed by the business, well, that's the kind of business that potential buyers will pay a premium price for. And trust me when I tell you, the difference between a discounted and premium price can be very significant. So if you have a business and you're interested in getting a, uh, an estimate of the value of the business and also learning uh, what some areas that you can improve upon for your business, go to my website, www.allofmyassets.com, and you can take the Value Builder Questionnaire. It literally takes like 10 to 13 minutes, and we can discuss some of the areas of your business that have some, some opportunity for improvement. We can discuss a range of what your business might have a selling price for, and we can discuss uh, some of the things that you can do to improve those eight value drivers. So www.allofmyassets.com. 
finally, I want to revisit an acronym that I came up with uh, just a couple years ago, and it applies to me. It applies to people who make less money than me, who make more money than me. It really applies to everybody. And if you nail all of these down, you're going to be pretty darn good in your financial life. So this is the financial basics, B-A-S-I-C-S. B stands for budget. Now, most of us don't like talking about the word budget because it almost seems restrictive. So call it a spending plan, call it what you want. But suffice it to say, we all need to spend less money than we're bringing in on a consistent basis. So figure out what your financial reality dictates that you are allowed to spend. Now, I'll never be the financial advisor that talks about uh, deprive yourself, deprive yourself, deprive yourself. Uh, I really believe in prosperity and that we should uh, reap some of the rewards of our hard work when appropriate. But uh, many high earners end up in debt because they are they're spending more money than they can afford. So know your budget, know what your financial reality is. So that's B in basics. A is allocation. So when I'm talking about allocation, I'm talking about what asset classes should you own? So some examples of asset classes are stocks. Uh, we have bonds. We have uh, commercial real estate. We have residential real estate. There's cryptocurrency. There's alternative investments. There's cash equivalents. And many of us should own either all of these or most of these, but we have to do it mindfully and, and make a, an informed decision. So this is an area where you can work with a financial advisor or you can do your own research, but not all of your money should be in one basket. So decide how much you should have invested in the stock markets, in bonds, in real estate, and uh, have a range and have a philosophy. I oftentimes hear, and this typically is from the unsophisticated investors, that I don't want to lose all my money in the stock market. Well, that's an unrealistic, unra that's not a rational fear, and that really causes uh, these clients to lose the opportunity cost. And they keep money in very, very low-yielding uh, savings-type accounts. And yes, they don't lose value on their on their portfolios, but they also don't ever have the large gains and don't utilize the rule of 72 for, for their money to multiply. So allocation, S, B-A-S, at S is for systems. What financial systems should you have in your life? Now, there are many of them, but a couple examples would be, let's say, systematic investing, investing a certain amount of money every month, every quarter, or every week, uh, maybe systematic paying down of debt, making an extra debt payment, maybe having a meeting with your spouse once a month or once a week to discuss your family's finances, maybe having uh, meetings with your advisors, your financial advisor, your CPA, uh, maybe deciding that in your marriage, neither one of you uh, will spend more than $500 with without uh, consulting the other. So these are just some examples, but systematizing your finances takes away some of the decisions that have to be made. And there's something called decision fatigue in life. So when you work all day, you're making lots of decisions and then you get home and you're like, look, I just can't make any more decisions. So I just don't have time to deal with this investment. And then you don't. But if you have a systematic investment set up to where automatically you have money drafted out of your account uh, to use a dollar cost average uh, type strategy, then it happens automatically. And over time, you will reap the rewards. So what financial systems do you need to implement in your life? 
be interested to hear what your what your ideas are, email me, David, at ParallelFinancial.com and let me know. Or post some of your systems in our Facebook group. Go to Facebook and just search up The Weekly Wealth Podcast. The I in basics is insurance. So as we've already spoken, insurance is incredibly important and essentially it protects your money and your assets. So what types of insurances do you need? Where do you have exposures to where if an event occurred, it could financially cripple you? So some common types of insurances. Obviously, most people are required to have car insurance. Make sure you have the right type and right amount of car insurance. Your home needs to be insured. If you have a mortgage, it's typically required. But even if your home is paid off, if the home burned down, would you want to uh, rebuild it yourself or would you rather an insurance company pay for the rebuild? Uh, Any type of liability on any policy, meaning that it pays for damages that you cause to others, is incredibly, incredibly important. So think about the areas in your life where you can cause other parties to have a lot of damage, and that might be a place to make sure that you have adequate liability. Of course, if you're a breadwinner, there's a a huge need for life insurance. Life insurance uh, comes in very, uh, very handy when there's a death of a breadwinner and then long-term care and disability. So many types of insurance. And and I always say that your financial advisor should be talking about insurance. uh, And if they're not, they're, they're really not doing their job. And for your property and casualty insurance, that's your home, your auto, your buildings, things like that. Make sure that you have a competent local independent insurance agent. The C in basics is caring. Now, I believe wholeheartedly that how we handle our money should positively impact our lives and the lives of those around us. So what are you doing with your money or what should you be doing? What should we be doing to make the world a better place by how we handle our money? Now, some examples are, you know what? If a young family gets their budget under control and stops spending more than they're earning, maybe one or both parents can work less and they can spend more time with their kids during the growing up years. Maybe there's some generosity issues. um, And there are many other areas where you can make the world a better place by how you handle your money. So think about how you can care for the world by how you handle your money. And finally, the S in basics is support. So who in your life, who do you need to help support your financial journey? It could just be a friend to help you help keep you accountable. It could be a financial advisor. It could be an accountant. If you're a business owner, it could be a chief uh, financial officer. It could even be somebody on the internet or an author that, that gives you guidance. But left to our own devices, we all, and, and I can attest, I've, I've been there, we, we all make some crazy decisions when we don't have the right support and the right accountability. So... Basics is budget, allocation, systems, insurance, caring, and support. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Uh, If you've ever wondered what it might be like to work with me personally as your financial advisor, the process is really simple. So go to my website, www.weeklywealthpodcast.com. Click on the Contact Us button at the top, and that'll take you to my calendar. From there, you can schedule a quick and simple 30-minute uh, Zoom appointment. And at that appointment, we'll talk about you know, the 30,000-foot aspects of your financial situation. Uh, we can talk about some of your fears, some of your hopes, some of your dreams, and just really decide if there are any next steps really is that simple and there's no cost for this. So www.weeklywealthpodcast.com. Click on the contact us at the top of the page. 
So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you like this format. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe the podcast. Don't forget to tell your friends, families, colleagues, and coworkers about the podcast. And shoot, even go and join our Facebook group. Just go to Facebook and type the Weekly Wealth Podcast in the search bar and join the community. So until next episode, I wish everybody a blessed week. The information contained herein included but not limited to research, market valuations, calculations, estimates, and other material obtained from Parallel Financial and other sources are believed to be reliable. However, Parallel Financial does not warrant its accuracy or completedness. These materials are provided for informational purposes only and should not be used or construed as an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security.